Hello, welcome to Spotlight, a bright spark of creative joy. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, we're majoring on a significant anniversary for the biggest prize in Manx singing. Profile another personality from the Isle of Man Arts Council and hear about a fascinating photographic exhibition at the Erin Arts Centre. So, without further ado, it's happy birthday to you. Happy 100th birthday to the Cleveland Medal, no less. The Blue Ribbon event of the Manx Music, Speech and Dance Festival, known universally as the Guild, of course. Incredibly, it's a century old. A unique gathering took place at the weekend to celebrate the occasion with everyone who's anyone connected with the award in attendance. Manx Radio's own Guildmeister, Judith Lay, was there and she has this report for us on what was a very special occasion. As someone who loves everything to do with our annual Manx Music Festival, the chance to go to an extra Guild-related gathering sounded like the perfect way to spend a Sunday afternoon. And it was. It was a celebration of a 100 years of the Cleveland Medal Test, the Guild's highest annual award for the best adult voice in that year's competition. And 20 medal holders were there. And when you get 20 great voices in one place, there's only one thing you want them to do. Sing. was a glorious gathering of medal winners from 1960 onwards, plus our gifted accompanists and the management and executive team who make the festival happen year by year. And for those of us wondering how the medal came into being a hundred years ago, present chairman Anne Clark was on hand with a little history lesson. Now, cast your mind back a hundred years or so to the late 19th and early 20th century. Times were hard. The mines had failed and tourism had not quite taken off. People were leaving the island in search of a better life, sometimes far away. And where they settled, they often formed Manx societies, offering each other support and keeping their language and heritage alive. That's how we came into possession of those magnificent trophies for the choir classes, the Vancouver, Transvaal, Manchester and Liverpool Shields, all presented between 1906 and 1914 and indicative of the donor's affection for home and in recognition of the Manx love of music. Now in those days you couldn't move at the Guild for choirs. 
There were Sunday school, school, chapel, church, girls friendly, girl guides, town, boys, girls, small village, big village, ladies, male voice, small choirs, choirs of 60 plus voices, and as well as the set pieces, three and four part sight singing. <laughs> now, I think there's scope for a revival there. But there was no big prize for solo singing. Cleveland, Ohio, it was once said, had the highest concentration of Americans of Manx descent in the USA. In 1826, Cleveland was a town of 600 people, and the population quickly grew to about 3,000 of either Manx-born or Manx descent, and all bound together by the Manx language and customs. The original settlers mostly came from the north of the island, up round Andres and Balaf, and they were farmers or allied trades. There's an affecting account of 50 young men travelling from the north to Douglas, followed for a good way, presumably on foot, by their lamenting families, and there never was seen even a funeral procession of more touching solemnity. Just imagine it. They sailed to Liverpool on the King Ori and then to America. The Cleveland Manx Society was eventually formed and in 1923, a sum of £100 was invested for the purpose of producing an annual prize of a medal designed and made in Cleveland to be given to the winner of the six special solo classes. Never was there such an inspired idea. This prize proved a godsend to the festival. No other competition was so keenly followed and attended, with packed houses on the Wednesday night and trains, buses and trams held back until the crowds emerged. Winning the medal was a tremendous achievement and encouraged our fine singers to work towards perfection, often helped by previous winners who kindly passed on their expertise. Winners are usually generous with their talent, singing round the island for many good causes and giving pleasure to thousands over the years. On this wonderful once-in-a-lifetime occasion, we look back with gratitude to the early people of Cleveland, who, I'm sure, will be smiling down on us with pride and delight as we enjoy this afternoon. Of the medal winners since 1960, 20 were present at the Talk of the Town on Sunday. Margaret Summerscales, who, as Miss Margaret Curfee, won her medal in 1960, was alongside Ernie Thorne of Manx Radio Opera Hour fame, with Jan Percival, Jeff Corkish, four times winner Peter Kringle, and, with three medals to his credit, the 2022 Cleveland winner, Paul Costain. I just enjoy singing and it's not a big pressure for me to go on stage and, and do it. My first performance, the wonderful Graham Kirkland was accompanying me and it was like riding a surf wave. I was nearly falling off and it could have gone either way but I managed to stay on and it was, we were both shaken by the time we came off and it was, it was wonderful because we both enjoyed it so much. The more work you put in, the, the higher the reward and you've got to put the work in and i just go in to enjoy myself and to do the best that I could possibly do. Multiple medal winners Barbara Gale, Karen Elliott, 
Graham Crow and Christine Brigazzi shared their memories and Kath Cool recalls her medal win as being the high point of her musical life. I remember a full house in the Villa Marina. One person I remember was my mother sitting there with her head bowed. She could never look at me when I was on the stage. And what a wonderful atmosphere it was. It was just magical. And I think that helped as well. But it was wonderful to be able to do it and to be there. It's 1962. Would you say that that was the high point of your of all your singing? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Mrs. Corus, my singing teacher, said at the time, I'm glad you've got the medal now, Kath, because she said, in future with being a teacher, you may not be able to have the voice the same. And it was perfectly true. Music has always been my leisure pastime. And when I stopped teaching and retired early age, I was able to take it up again and maybe help some others. Four times winner Dr Mandy Griffin was there with 2019 winner Matthew Quinn and Terence Qualtrough, who said after winning his second medal that he now had a medal for each of his girls, his wife Jill and his daughter Sarah. Alan Wilcox collected four medals in the 1960s and, whilst continuing to sing and to direct the Regal Singers, then gave years of dedicated service as chairman of the Guild. A Cleveland medal night is a very worthwhile experience, if you know what I mean. The music is hard. The, the songs you had to oh, sing were difficult, weren't they? Well, that's why they're set like that. They've got to be hard. I mean, I've sung at the Blackpool Festival and I've sung in a final air and the music is nowhere near like it is here. But you wouldn't dare say that. I've always enjoyed the music festival and working for the festival, if you know what I mean, being on the committee. And it's true, it is like a family, isn't it? It is, there's no doubt about that. Two winners from the 1990s, Linda Corkish and Angela Stewart, continue to be heavily involved in the Guild. And so many medal winners paid tribute to the teaching skills of Mrs Eleanor Shimon, herself the holder of three medals. They included Ruth Tickle and Elizabeth Townsend. I remember being very shocked and I honestly had no anticipation of winning. I was just happy to be there. I was up against some great people, who all of, all of whom I think are, are Cleveland medalists now. Um, they're all here today and it was just such... I remember speaking to you for the radio, but I don't remember anything of what I said. <laughs> I just graduated from university, been at Royal Holloway. And uh, I remember sounding probably very English, but I am very much a Manx girl, born and raised in Douglas, and I'm just so, so happy to be part of today. Funnily enough, the first guild I ever did was when I was 10 years old, um, and I was part of a group speaking thing with my Murray's Road primary school classmates. And I remember playing a witch, and that was about the age when I thought, oh, I quite like this performing thing. And I like standing up in front of everyone at the Villa Marina. That was the first night where I thought, yeah, I can, I can do this as a soloist, and I was, I was very proud to have won. I thought I was so young, I was only 22, I thought, there's no way I'm going to win this, so I might as well enjoy it. But obviously, the choice of songs and just, I, I guess, that slight naivety of what, what a big deal it was, actually. I sang King David by, I think, Herbert Howells and Gentle Morpheus, Son of Night, which I'm going to be very embarrassing and say, I think it was Handel, but it may have been Bach. <laughs> And it was a culmination of all the incredible singing and piano teaching that Mrs. Eleanor Sherman had provided me over the last, it must have been about 12, 13 years at that point. I wanted to do her proud, and I hope I did. I wanted to do my parents proud for all the support they'd given me in my music and schooling over the years. 
the Governor, Lieutenant General Sir John Lorimer, was there in his capacity as patron of the Manx Music Festival and was clearly enjoying all he saw and heard. How lovely to, to see everyone this afternoon. and What a wonderful, wonderful gathering. And I promise you, upstairs there were people who were, were tingling with the wonderful, wonderful sound when you sang Ellen Vannon together. Brilliant the way you did that. It was absolutely fantastic. And 131 years of the Guild. What an amazing organisation. And, and Philip and I are absolutely thrilled to be joint patrons. And 100 years of the Cleveland Medal. The first one being awarded to Mr Alan Quirk in 1923. The first lady winning it in 1925. And I think that to have 20 former winners here today is extraordinary. Absolutely fantastic with, uh, I'm not going to say the oldest, almost senior, but to see some of those multiple medal winners here, absolutely extraordinary. And what I kind of pull out of this, what a wonderful family. And I mean that, you know, collectively. You all have this shared passion for music. And that was so brilliantly displayed upstairs when you all sang together. And it, I think, perhaps is a reflection of the wonderful, wonderful talent that is on this island. The wonderful support that you provide to each other if you have an interest in music and singing. And I think that is just fantastic. So a great family and something that we all, I know, must continue. So I would like to just, if you could, just join with me by raising your glass, both to the Guild, but also to the Cleveland Mellow and all its winners. So let's just do it as the Guild. Ladies and gentlemen, the Guild. I think it's fitting that the last word should come from the organiser of the event, Guild Executive Member with Special Responsibility for Press and Publicity, Zoe Cannell. It's been an absolutely wonderful occasion to have everybody together, medal winners, and to have the accompanists and the company members and, and various guests come together. We've had a wonderful afternoon of celebration and it's been a joy and a privilege to put it all together, to see people coming in, the immediately the atmosphere, you know, it was, it was noisy, it was bubbly, it was friendly, it was people embracing each other, chatting to each other. And then, of course, when we all sang the Manx National Anthem, it felt like we were back at the Guild. It's what we always do at the end of the Guild each evening in every single suite that we have so to have it here was more than appropriate and it brought that sense of community and music together. I doubt there's ever been an occasion where we've had so many medal winners together in one place and then to have them singing the, the top singers of this island going back to the 1960 you know 53 years now worth of top classical singers on this island and them all coming together in song you're never going to beat it.
Well, Zoe, now, here we are, it's January. Closing date for entries, February. 4th of February, yes. <laughs> are you all fired up and looking forward to this year's Guild? More than ever. We've obviously had difficulties with COVID pandemic and it was two years when we didn't have the Guild and 2022 was a make or break year in my, in my view and I think we made it. And I hope that now we can build on that and return to what we were, a great, wonderful 131-year-old festival that's got so much rich history and so many people have been involved over the years. Let's just go for it and keep it going. The syllabus is out now. You can look at it online. It's also in many shops around the islands. And, you know, we're all constantly evolving. We're constantly trying to see what will appeal to audiences and move with the times, moving into the 21st century, keeping the traditions and looking towards the future as well. Doesn't it sound like an amazing event? Long live the Cleveland and long live the Guild. It's been an integral part of the island's music and performing arts scene for generations. I grew up entering classes from choir and percussion groups to piano duets and duologues. It would be difficult to imagine the Isle of Man without it. Happily, President of Timwald, the Honourable Lawrence Skelly, represented the North American Manx Association at the celebration and gave a strong indication there'll be some form of continued support for the Manx Music Festival from America. We look forward to hearing more about that in due course. Thanks very much to Judith Lay for that wonderful report. You'll be able to hear more from that unique occasion in a dedicated podcast which will be uploaded in the next week or two. I will keep you posted on that. Don't forget, by the way, the 2023 Guild Syllabus, online now, manxmusicfestival.org. What are you waiting for? Let's make it a busy one. Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, we heard about the latest round of Arts Council funding getting underway last week. We were chatting to Martin Kane while he was in the studio. I also had a chat with him about his role in the Arts Council as part of our mini-series profiling Arts Council members and staff. I'm the uh, Arts Development Officer, um, so I work in the um, team uh, with Jane Corkle, who's the Arts Development Manager, um, and uh, the rest of our guys in there, our admin guys and our social media uh, team as well um, and so my I guess the the sort of crux of my job um, is to deliver the um, national strategy for arts and culture um, which uh, Tim Wald approved in 2017 um, it's a 10-year uh, strategy so we're halfway through at the moment and um, yeah uh, I work with alongside the Arts Council um, to ensure that the projects that they fund um, are in line with what we've said we're going to do with the strategy. And what's your journey to that role then? Is it something, again, have you come from an artistic background? Is it something you saw and became interested in sort of as you got older? Or where would you say you sort of travelled to where you are now? Or how did you travel there? <laughs> um, well, um, there's kind of two sides. I, I think sort of everyone within the um, within the sort of creative world has their, their professional side and their personal side. Um, so uh, professionally, um, I'm a graphic designer. Um, so I've worked in design for... You know, since since I left school, um, and uh, sort of personally, um, I've been a musician pretty much for as long uh, since I was sort of sixteen. So it's quite quite a long time now. <laughs> uh, and I think just those um, those two combinations uh, 
kind of yeah led led to the job really um i did a lot of art history work when i was at college um sort of studying um and so when this job came up and part of it was to uh, curate the council's modern art collection that was right up my street um i'd obviously as i say i've been a musician for 20 years so there was a lot of contact and knowledge of the local music scene um, and then it's it's always handy to have a designer in the office if you need posters making up. So, Very much so. Um, so yeah, it was um, job came about. And to be honest, I um, at first I hadn't I didn't know that it was there, and I got a few messages from friends to basically say you're going to go for that job, aren't you? <laughs> so uh, yeah, applied, and uh, and that's uh, that's where I ended up. So and the rest, as it says, history. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's um, that's how it went. Um, but it's been really it's been really interesting to. Um, learn more about maybe the art forms that I wasn't familiar with. So I'm not, I, I'm not a theatre person. So being able to meet the different theatre groups and um, understand more about the gaiety and the Air and Art Centre and um, the different venues, uh, it's been really good. I've always sort of had my, um, not hand in, but pay, like paid attention, had interest in um, what happens off island. Um, so there's been a few things, you know, where we've been able to say, well, this is what this is a project maybe what the Barbican have done in London, a community project. So actually that could translate quite well here. And this application we've had in is actually quite close to what they're doing. So we sort of work with applicants to maybe um, not so much improve, but develop their uh, developer project ideas. What do you think of the island's art scene now? Because obviously in, in your role, professional or, or otherwise, you get a very good overview of it. What's what's your take on it as we sort of launch ourselves into 2023? Uh, it's real. Yeah, it's re- really interesting. Um, it's it's so diverse. Um, I think for such a small place, because, and it's something I think, being um, being sort of in the thick of it a lot, um, and you see all these projects that are going on, and no matter what art form it is, whether it's dance or music or um, even you know design and art and things like that, um, you you sort of forget that essentially we're quite a small town, like a small town in England on the whole island so um, it, it's easy to forget just how much talent uh, really is over here uh, Don't forget of course the latest round of Arts Council funding currently underway all the details available via the Arts Council website iomartsalloneword.com Now if you're down the south of the island that little gem which is the Erin Arts Centre always worth a nose in particularly at the moment as there's a fascinating exhibition in the gallery there Oman A Photographer's Journey by photographer Ian Sanderson. You're capturing that nanosecond in time which is gone and never to be repeated. We're in the Aeronaut Centre and we're looking at my photographs from Oman, which I visited last year in May. I was inspired about four or five years ago. They introduced the Arabian Oryx back into Oman. So a few documentaries about that and the scene looked fantastic. So I thought, that's on your list, Ian. So because of COVID, this uh, about four attempts, five attempts to go to that part of the world because it was knocked on the head by COVID. It happened all around the world, but eventually made it in May and I got some lovely photographs of people which they like being photographed and also lovely scenery, as you can see. <laughs> I've got lots of places I've been to and lots of places I want to go to still. Um, but first of all, I look at this place. If it's great for taking photographs, scenery, people and things like that, then it has to be the right, correct time of year to go there, climate-wise. Then you've got to find the space to go there. So it's a bit of a jigsaw pause. They all slot together eventually. And you're presto, you're there. The exhibition opened earlier this month at the Erin Arts Centre and you can't help but be drawn in by the photographs. 
One person captivated by the various shots was the Lieutenant Governor, Sir John Lorimer, who says they remind him of his own visits to the country. I mean, I've been to Oman many times and spent uh, quite a lot of my military service there. And more recently, I was uh, going to Oman three or four times a year. Looking at some of these photographs absolutely reminds me of uh, the amazing place it is. It is quite an extraordinary uh, part of the Middle East and, and quite different to other parts of the Arabian Peninsula. Oh, come to the exhibition and then and go to Oman. Go to the Middle East. Um, go on a, on a holiday in Oman. Wonderful. And thanks very much to Siobhan Fletcher for that report. If you're down south, check it out. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to manxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast and listen where you want. Why not try it whilst whittling a branch in the garden? See you next week when we'll be hearing about a community singing project, Varied Voices. Cheerio. Cheerio.